0: Let me tell you today about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, or you can record it on another device or platform and transfer it to Anchor. It will distribute your podcast for you through Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast right in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started.
1: <laughs> <I was cursing. laughs> Little John, I should have known better. Stop the show! Welcome into the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. Glad to see you guys all again. Hope everybody's having a great week. I'm here with my friends, my family, Art Tornabeni and Eric Mendelson. What's going on, fellas? Oh, man.
0: I'm getting a little bit stir crazy. I've been I've been weathering this great, but I think everyone with all the rain we've been having here in Maryland's been just stuck inside. A ah, little stir crazy lately, but you know,
2: healthy, happy. How you guys doing? Yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully April distance me- brings me existence, right? That's I like what I'm holding that. on to. I like uh,
1: that. You, you didn't make that up.
2: I did not make it up. I wish I did,
1: but <laughs> it's interesting. I, I, I hope. Uh, I mean, we're gonna get into it, but I think there might be some baseball coming. So hopefully we have maybe we've hopefully turned a corner in the next couple weeks. Maybe we steadily can start living somewhat normal again. Uh, You guys are optimistic, or what do you think? I mean, I think all the
0: signs point towards it's going to happen in some form. Uh, I've heard a different tournament proposed. I've heard about six or seven different possibilities of how they're going to play this out. I
2: think we're going to get baseball. I I really do. See, I don't think it's going to be a completely lost season, I think. There's too much money involved for them to cancel it. I think they're working on it extensively to try to make it happen no matter
1: what it takes. Um, So hopefully it does. All right. Well, with that being said, let's hop right into our uh, news and notes. Speaking of baseball potentially coming back, according to Bob Nightingale of USA Today, Major League Baseball officials have become cautiously optimistic this week that the season will start in late June and no later than July 2nd while playing at least 100 regular season games, according to three executives with knowledge of the talks. Um, And not only would baseball be played, but it would be played in their own Major League ballparks, albeit with no fans. MLB is also considering a three-division 10-team plan in which teams play only within their division. And basically what that would mean is everybody in the American League East would play everybody in the National League East. So it would be East, Central, and West divisions. Um, There are a couple different mix-ins in there, but most of it's going to just be each East, Central, West teams all playing one another. And this would basically help prevent the spread of the COVID-19 um, by basically having minimal amount of travel. And uh, are, are you guys cool with all this? This is, this is an interesting idea. I feel like we used to talk about Tommy John surgeries every week. Now we're talking about different MLB plans every week. Do you like this concept, Bart? Um, I I was, I had not heard about that one. This is the first I've heard of it. I think it's
0: interesting to have the American League and national League central. I guess you would have, you would find a way to get eight playoff teams out of that, or six. Um, it's, it's, it's. I kind of like the Arizona and Florida ideas better, uh, because they're you're playing more teams. But um, yeah, I mean, it, I I think travel is the big issue that everyone's been talking about, and I don't think this solves the travel issue. That's that's my big problem with it. They're still gonna be traveling a lot between cities, even if it's only in one time zone.
2: Eric, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, similar to
2: Art. Um, I, I think the ten, the three-division idea is interesting just because you're going to play teams so much more. Uh, I think regardless of what you do, there's going to be a lot of travel. But, um, you know, baseball is, I think, preparing for this. And uh, no matter what happens, I think that this is going to be a season that we'll always remember just because how crazy it
1: is. Agreed, 100%. I, I mean – this is the everything out the window, whether it's fantasy-related or regular baseball. If we have, you know, 80 games, a team like the Pirates, if they got hot at the right time, I mean, they could make the playoffs because they don't have to play half a season, you know? I think this would be some of the most interesting type of baseball we've ever seen when it, if it does come to fruition. Um, our next bit of news and notes here. We have the St. Louis Cardinals, Boston, Red Sox, and Chicago Cubs announcing ticket refund policies for Wednesday, uh, on Wednesday for games that were not played through May um, due to the COVID-19 outbreak, while some teams, including the Indians uh, and the uh, including like the Indians and others, are offering cat, uh, bonus credits. so you're getting a 10 percent bonus credit for a game later, um, but they're not guess, like, giving that refund. Um, if you guys ran an organization, would you be giving refunds for games not played or would you be giving these credits or would you just be standing pat? Um, because from my understanding every team is allowed to operate from what they seem fit. Yeah, I think the credit idea is interesting because
2: you're technically giving them more value. I mean, the, the thing they should do is refund everybody's money. They can afford it. And a lot of people really do need that, uh, income for bills and other stuff. But, um, I think I don't think you can stand Pat. I think people are going to remember this, and you have to at least do something to incentivize them. Art, what do you think? I echo what Eric says. I think he has a
0: better mind on this than I do. Honestly, my first thought was, um, "Yeah, that's great." You know, get give the fans their money back. Then I did think about how you know, this is operating expenses for departments where, you know, I don't know how many people are employed by a baseball team. Um, you know, I, I would, I'm glad I don't have to make the decision on it. That's all.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think I kind of echo again what Eric was saying. I think you have to do something, whether it's the 10% credit and you don't refund people or you refund people outright. I understand not wanting to lose all that money. So I, I think a lot of teams could probably go the, the, uh, extra 10 percent but i guess we'll see um and hopefully again if games are played this may only be for you know a month's worth of the games and not be you know for the whole season and, and cause a whole another uh problem that baseball's gonna have to deal with um last little bit of news we have Major League Baseball announced that the Hall of Fame has been canceled on July 26th. The induction ceremony has been canceled due to the coronavirus pandemic. Instead, the class will be included at next year's induction uh, festivities, along with the new choices on July 25th, 2021. This group that was supposed to be coming in was headlined by Derek Jeter and Larry Walker. Art, will it feel any different for you when those guys go in next year? Uh, like will the coronavirus pandemic be your, at the forefront of your mind or will you just kind of a – it w- won't be any different for you with these guys going in next year? I, I think it could make it
0: more exciting to have more people going in at one ceremony. I'd love it if three more people were you know, inducted next year and we had like a five-person five, five induction of people we, we know.
2: Um, I think it could make it more exciting.
1: Eric, what are your thoughts?
2: Uh, it, it doesn't change too much to me. I mean, I kind of echo what Art said a little bit, but 20 years down the road, we're going to just know whether they're in the Hall of Fame or not,
1: You know, not what year they got inducted. Right. Um, and then this is just a little side note. I, I just wanted to give a special shout-out to Trey Mancini. Um, he recently wrote a great article in the Players' Tribune about his battle with stage 3 colon cancer. I know I speak for... The rest of the crew here in the uh, Triple Play Fantasy Pod, um, when we say just get well soon, Trey, especially being in Baltimore, kind of right now where you're getting your treatment and, and everything, we we hope we wish you well and hope you get better soon. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, all right. With that being said, we are we had a great time last week with the Welsh. Again, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we did pause our current. Uh, segment that we've been doing we've been focusing on a series of doing the fantasy pros adp Uh, we are going to conclude that series today by doing the round by rounds from 20 on so we're going to be doing from picks 241 and we're going to go all the way to 300 so we have these 60 players that we're going to talk about in this range Um, and then we get we'll cap it at 300 and then we'll have Uh, some new content for you guys, new uh, series coming up in future weeks. Um, So what we did is we each broke down. uh, Art's going to give you guys from 241 to 260. Eric's going to give you guys from 261 to 280. And I'm going to give you guys in the 281 to 230 or 300 range. Art's going to start us off here. With guys in the 241 to 260 range, he's going to give us five guys that you should keep an eye on if you're in a 12-team points league. Again, this is Fantasy Pros ADP. So, Art, go ahead. Take away. Well, first of all, I
0: noticed when I go through these
1: that we have already
0: shown a lot of love to a lot of these guys. These are a lot of our favorites in the down down, uh, down in the draft. I talked about how much I loved Adrian Hauser in our pitchers preview. You guys are both big on Daniel Murphy, catcher. I love Buster Posey, uh, Mitch Keller, and Arise. We, we've talked about a lot of these people already, even down here at Michael Kopeck and Dansby Swanson. Uh, there's a lot of love to be going on around here. There's, a, there's one guy who I think is really, really um, uh, polarizing based upon what kind of format you're using. Uh, and it goes as part of this section is highlighted, there's four catchers that go. and One of them is Tom Murphy. Tom Murphy in a points league is waiver wire fodder. He is, he should not be drafted. He should not be on your team unless you're suffering from an injury. He just strikes out too much. He'll, he'll strike out more times this season than games played. Yeah. So, so <laughs> bold prediction. So you're starting off every, every game with him at a negative. I'm going to write that down. I think I, 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 I believe it to be true. Um, so in a points league, You're hoping he hits – he has power. You're hoping he hits home runs, but he's going to give you too many strikeouts for it to be worth it. In a roto league, Murphy's, I think, easily the most promising catcher in these four. But Buster Posey is my best overall catcher. There's four of them here. Sean Murphy, Buster Posey, Travis Darnold, and Tom Murphy. Posey's my guy for points, uh, and uh, Murphy's my guy for um, roto. There's a lot of pitchers. Like I said, Adrian Hauser. But my top guys are Hauser – Keller and Kopech uh I think I look at this and I see Aaron Savale starting out in the minors the guy who I liked until I saw that he was starting in the minors and I see Kopech starting in the minors if you're going to take a guy that you're going to wait on here it's got to be Kopech uh he's got the higher upside uh we talked about CJ Krohn with uh uh, with Van and and uh, I echo that. C.J. is a guy I'm looking at here. You guys love Murphy. I'm not as high on him, but I'd love Yandy Diaz. This is a guy who has high uh, high exit velocity on his on his batted balls. The guy just cracks it. He had 14 home runs last year. His exit his launch angle went up a little bit. If he brings it up a little more, the guy could have 25 to 30 homer power easy. Yandy's a guy I really like. Um, other than that, I think, you know, there's some relievers going here. Brandon Kinsler is supposed to be the Marlins' closer. If you're that desperate, he's who I'd, <laughs> I'd go with him. You know, he's okay. He if you're that well thirsty
2: for, for a closer.
0: Yeah, he pitched well for the Cubs last season. And um, I got a
1: shout-out to Luis Araiz. The guy could win the batting title. Art, uh I'm assuming when you said Murphy, you're talking about Daniel Murphy, right? Because there's Sean Murphy, Daniel Murphy, and uh, Tom Murphy in this yeah. range. Tom Murphy is the
0: guy who I, who, who the catcher who, who I think has a Roto and Points League um, difference. You guys love Daniel Murphy, right? I think. Yeah. Both you guys have expressed some some love for Daniel. I'm yes. less, I'm less. I, I think he might be washed, uh, but I'm. Uh, he's got to show me something. I think he might be washed.
1: The one question I'll ask you, is it worth taking Seth Lugo here in case uh, there's struggles at closer and he can just step right in, um, assuming that uh, there are problems in New York?
0: I think you can take Seth Lugo. He's going to get strikeouts. He pitches two inning games. He's like once or twice a week. He'll pitch a couple innings, maybe three times. I don't think you can expect him to take over the closer role. They like him the way they use him now, um, and I think they want Diaz to get that role. Yeah. If Diaz goes down, he's probably the next up. Uh, yeah i, I don't I don't know about that. Didn't they they have Dylan Betances? They, they have. Do. That's a good
1: they point. They have a
0: few other guys who are who throw hard. I think they went to Gazelman last year. I, I think they like Lugo there. I'm, I wouldn't yeah. expect him to be
2: closer this year. He was so valuable last year because he was starting pitcher eligible too. So if you stream relievers, you can move him in and out. Um, he's only a relief pitcher this year.
1: That's for, for a very good point too, Eric. Way to notice his position eligibility. Yeah. Um, no love for Santi Alcantara? <laughs> uh
0: I, I think Alcantara is – he's my uh, – he's five. I think he's my fifth f- favorite starting here. I like him over half, and I like him over Savale But I think he's going to be a guy – he's just not going to be able to predict before the season whether he's going to take the next step. He's got a lively arm. He throws it really hard, uh, 97, 98. But he doesn't have much else. Um, and he, So he'll have great games, and he'll have real stinkers.
1: All right, I like the analysis art. Eric, do you want to take away from 261 to 280? Yeah, the first person I like. Oh, wait, what? (laughs) Noodle Lunch!
0: Good. I love it.
2: I love it. At 264, I really like Kyle Seeger. Before last year, he's played in at least 154 games in the seven seasons prior. He had 23 home runs in 106 games. And if you had him play his average of 156 games, he would have hit 34 home runs last year. Um, He's a guy that can get really hot and, um, you know, maybe hit four or five homers in a week and really help you pull out a a dub. And he has a 19 million dollar contract. So I doubt they're benching him. Uh, The next person I like is Renato Nunez for the O's. I'm a big fan of uh, position flexibility, and he's first and third base eligible, uh, 26 years old. Um, last year was his first full-time role, and 31 homers, 24 doubles, 90 RBIs, and uh, you know, obviously Mancini's out to attend to more important issues, but I can see him now playing more at DH. I think he's someone that is going to play almost every day, just because those don't have as many people. Um, after that, I like Dustin May at 271. Uh, he's only 22 years old, but in his limited action last year, uh, 3.63 ERA and a 1.1 WHIP. Um, only walked five batters in 35 innings pitched, so I like that. You know, he's he has good command, and they have some injury-prone pitchers in that uh, off or in that team. Um, Ross Stripling is a guy that seems to always have something flare up. David Price, um, Clayton Kershaw. So I think if any one of those gets injured, he is in line for a more significant role. Um, After that, at 273, I like Mike Fiers. Uh, He went 15-4 and last year, and, you know, in a points league, wins is is very helpful. Um, He had a really rough April, but after that, he went at least five innings in 24 of 26 starts. So he's going to give you some, you know, he's going to eat up some innings for you. And I also, I like that he's a whistleblower. I was like, while I'm angry with the Astros, I'm so fascinated that all this is coming out. Like this was the talk before, a, before coronavirus in the sports world, and I loved it. And then to round that out, I like Ryan Presley, 278. Um, last year, he set a record with 40 consecutive scoreless appearances with the Astros. They're going to have a lot of save opportunities, uh, with less games, probably more back to back. He's going to have more high leverage and save situations. Uh, last year, his whip was 0.902 and the year before that was 0.6. So it seems like when he's gotten, when he got to the Astros, something just kind of flipped the switch and Roberto Osuna is one more domestic violence charge from being out of the majors, so you never know. Hope it doesn't happen, but just throwing it out there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the people have spoken. <laughs> oh, man. Uh,
2: um,
1: if anything, I'm bringing
2: awareness to the fact that he did it. to Never forget. Eric the
1: one guy i noticed you skipped number 277 who's 277 your boy jose quintana oh <laughs> never again never again eric loved jose quintana for oh my years. god i
2: i loved him for like three years straight and i was like this is the year this is the year just too frustrating to own you broke like like off a that abusive
1: relationship
2: he's a drug
1: and i needed to wean myself <laughs> off uh, the only other guy I was going to ask you about is Tommy LaStella. Um, went healthy last year. I mean, this guy uh, was looking like a whole different player. Are, are you worth – or is he worth investing at this point? Yeah. I mean, at this point, we're talking the final rounds. So I
2: think you have, you know, kind of freelance to take whoever you want, whether it's a prospect, whether it's someone, you know, and he doesn't stay healthy. He's second and third base eligible, which means he can play five positions. Um, and I think that's that's helpful, because if he gets a little bit streaky, uh, you can move him around and sign a free agent that might fit a different criteria. OK, Fair I don't know.
0: I also wanted to throw just throw out there. I would put Dustin May with Michael Kopech as like, should I take Kopech or Dustin May? You know, really? Yeah. Well, but I think Dustin May was a top prospect last year. Uh, and Kopech starting in the minors, May, he, he, if he gets time, he could be great. I mean, he, and the Dodgers, they have a really good team. So uh, I would put as far as like throwing a, you know, a wild card out there, May, I think, is as
2: good as Kopech. Yeah, he was their top prospect because he the O's really wanted him for the Machado trade and the Dodgers weren't giving him up. They said he was
1: untouchable, so. And that lets you know what they think of him. I'm just concerned, I guess, again, like Eric, you brought up, they have so much depth at starting pitcher that I'm worried that they're going to just do what they always do and just space out innings from all these guys that he's not going to get. I mean, in a shortened season, I guess it's it's more of a possibility, but, you know, they have so much pitching. I just, I felt like I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't start out the year in the rotation, you know, Uh, that's what scared me from Dustin May.
2: He is released pitcher eligible, by the way. Yeah.
1: Um, but okay, good stuff, Eric. Um, Thank All right, you. Now, now time for two eighty-one to three hundred. All right, now we have like some good news. But... Yep. You're Whoa! applauding yourself. You're Whoa! applauding yourself. The people are spoken. <laughs> they're they're anxious and waiting. They're anxious and waiting. Okay, I got it. Got to give the people what they want. Oh my God, David! Somebody's throwing an apple at you. <laughs> Um, uh, so the first guy that I this is an interesting uh group of people. First one I have is shout out to uh Alex Fast, had him on the show, big Orioles fan. Uh I had heard about him before. He also but Alex Fast kinda gave some more clarity to it. Hunter Harvey at two eighty two. Um manager Brandon Hyde said in March that he was definitely an option to close. Again, you get at this point in the draft, you can get a closer. Um that's awesome. I think you can win by not investing too much in a closer. So this is the type of time. Get someone like Hunter Harvey. He throws 100 with great secondary stuff. Um, again, all the great closers are gone at this point. You can invest in someone like Hunter Harvey. Um, last year, across 33 starts between AA to AAA into the major leagues, he pitched 82 innings, had a 12K per nine, a 40% ground ball uh, rate percentage. Um, he's got great stuff. Um, they don't, not like the Orioles have a great uh, amount of other options to close or even just great bullpen mm-hmm. options in general. So I think this could be someone at the end of your draft you can snag and he'll give you a lot of saves. Um, and then again, in, in uh, roto leagues, he's going to help your ratios and uh, obviously, again, help in the saves category. Uh, my next one 284, Dylan Carlson. He's a consensus top 20 prospect. Last year, he split time between double-A AA and triple-A. He's been one of the most talked-about uh, prospects coming in this year for baseball. Um, he had 26 home runs and stole 20 bases last year across two levels um, and had an OPS of over 1,000 in the 18 games he played in triple-A and had a cumulative 391 on-base percentage uh, for the whole season across both levels. Uh, the Cardinals have a lot of outfield options. They have Harrison Bader. They have Tyler O'Neill, They have Dexter Fowler. But Bader has shown no signs that he's ready offensively to stay in the lineup. Tyler O'Neill has shown no signs that he can contain or can keep up a consistent batting average. Great power threat, but if he can't hit uh, consistently, he won't stay in the lineup. And Dexter Fowler is getting old, and I think they want to see what they have in some of these younger guys. I think Dylan Carlson could step in from day one and give you a lot of help. Again, Roto leagues, you have the 20 stolen base aspect from last year. Um, but also, again, he hit over 20 home runs. He's going to be in the lineup, hit a good for a good average. Um, again, a guy you're getting almost for free at this point. Um, my next one's right next one up, 285 Francisco Mejia. Uh, this is the guy that I can't quit. Last year, I used my last round pick on him. It didn't work out, but it didn't cost me anything. Um, the guy in front of him, Austin Hedges, hit 176 with 11 home runs in 102 games. Austin Hedges is a better defensive catcher. But again, in this shortened season, the Padres are going to be looking for guys that are going to contribute at the plate. And I think with you have a Fernando Tatis effect and him being put in that lineup to make them more offensive, Eric Hosmer hopefully having a better year, Manny Machado hopefully having a better year. They have a great pitching rotation. I do think Francisco Mejia is going to get a crack to be the top catcher. And with a better offense, he's going to have a chance to produce more RBIs, um he's hit pretty well when he's been in the lineup, just hasn't been there defensively. Um but again, since he's gonna be getting the bulk of the playing time, um this is a guy you can grab at the end of your drafts at catcher and just plug him in. And worst case scenario, if he's not hitting or he's not playing, you just drop him, cut bait with him, you didn't invest much in him. Uh my fourth one, two eighty-eight, Ian Hat. We've talked about him before on this pod. Arts, obviously a big Cubs fan as we know. And Art will be the first one to tell you that Ian Happ did make some improvements at the end of last year. Um, he was that type of guy before the end of last year was hitting a home run, but then would give you four or five straight at-bats with strikeouts. Got sent down to AAA. Um, and again, there's something that went off last year. He started just fixing some things down at AAA and things were clicking. This year in spring training, and I know we don't always like looking at spring training numbers, but he hit four eighty-one with two homers and 11 RBIs and 30 at-bats. The part that I'm looking at is in the 30 at-bats, he only struck out four times. So, again, you can take what you want away from the homers, the RBIs, and the average, but he's only striking out four times and 30 at-bats. Shows me that he's made adjustments and that you could expect a, a possible strong bounce-back year from him. And then my last guy at 295, Danny Jansen, another catcher. Had a horrible year last year. Let's not bounce around that. He's still only 25, and he worked on some things at the end of last season as well. This spring training, he was hitting over 500 with four homers and only 20 at-bats. Again, this is a guy you're getting near 300, so he's pretty much free. I think he's going to bounce back, and he's also in a good offense with Toronto. So I think he's a guy, again, if you're just waiting on catcher, he's a guy you could snag at the end of your draft. That could be uh, a Mitch Garver someone that finishes in the top five at the position next year, and you didn't have to invest anything into him. Um, interesting from a guy that goes with the no, that went no
2: catcher last year.
1: I think I want a title with
2: that, didn't I? I, I?
1: Regardless of if you want or not, just saying it's interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, my philosophy honestly is relief pitchers and catchers. I'm never going to overspend and get the top ones. That's just me. You know, I, I think, those positions are too replaceable. I think again, you can pick up a guy like Jordan Hicks that came in and was great until he had Tommy John, and then I picked up Carlos Martinez right after that. Um, you can pick up a guy like Scott Oberg and coming in. You can pick up, um, you know, um, uh, a uh, you know, uh, Amelia Pagan if uh, something happened to Kirby Yates and he stepped in. Like, there's so many options you can get um, later on in the season. Again, Hunter Harvey we just talked about. I don't think you need to overspend for a reliever, honestly. I mean, look at when you, if you invested in Vasquez last year. He was one of the top closers off the board and gave you nothing at the end of the year. Um, I just think it's a position you don't need to invest in early, and I feel the same about catcher. Yeah, I get you on that. I, I think Vasquez was just a fluke
2: that he was a relief pitcher. Um, I, there's a one guy I don't have any research or anything. Trent Grisham. I don't think he wants his legacy to be letting the ball go under his glove against the Nationals. I feel like he's working his ass off to try to to make a name for himself. I could be wrong.
1: It's just a gut shot. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he could definitely, you know, surprise people. I, I would not be shocked if, if he played well last year uh, or if he plays well this year. But keep in mind, the Padres hoard outfielders. And they're always – I mean, even though they traded a couple – they still have a whole bunch of outfielders. They still have Will Myers. They it's still outrageous. have Bam. Yeah, I mean, I just, it's something in the water there. Their outfielders don't ever do well. And I just, I mean, if I need an outfielder, maybe I get him later on. But he's not someone who sticks out to me, you know. Um, at this point, I almost would rather get a Mike Dustremski, who I know is going to play every day for the Giants. Um. Is there anybody I mentioned you guys that uh, that stick out to you as far as when you're trying to get?
0: I think Francisco Mejia is really interesting. Everyone remembers he was like a he had like a 50 game hitting streak when he was in the minor leagues. The dude can the dude can hit. I think the question is like, can he hit enough? Like he hits a lot of singles, uh, and that's why he could put up these big hit streaks. If he was if he can get a little bit of more uh, extra base hits out of that bat, they'll find a spot for him because he just has great bats of ball skills. But he is really poor defensively. I, I thought they might try to move him to first base or something, but it seems they're trying to stick him at catcher. I like Mejia's hitting. I think he needs to like get a little bit more extra base hits. But I, as far as like getting a catcher back here, Mejia, that's a great flyer. I think Jansen is a great flyer back here too. Over Mejia, because I do think that he's going to have the playing time uh, for sure. But like you said, you know, going late on catchers,
1: I don't mind walking into this season with Danny Jansen as my starting catcher. Yeah, and two guys I didn't mention that uh, I want to just make a quick note. Nick Solak would have been on this list. I think he's got endless hitting potential, as he showed last year. Um, But now that... um, uh, people have been able to recover from their injuries. Um, I can't even, name just escaped me at the top of my head. Um, that got hit in the jaw. Uh, uh, what's it called? Um, Willie Calhoun. Willie Calhoun. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think he had a spot every day with Calhoun out. Now with Calhoun back, I'm interested. I, I don't think he's going to necessarily get bats every day. And that's the only reason why I'm, I'm a little hesitant on taking him here. And then the other guy Nick Mandrigal, if you have not heard of him, this guy's contact rate is insane. Um, I, I believe he, he only struck out at 4% of his at-bats in the minor leagues. This guy's contact is unreal. Not saying he's going to be a 20 or 30 homer guy, but a, a Louisa Rise type of guy that might give you a high average and not strike out. In points leagues, this guy might sneak up on you and be someone that's just plugged in every day, giving you two points, three points, never negative. Um That's a guy that I actually also am going to look um, at this point here. But he might not start the year on the MLB roster, which is why I didn't include him. Um, But a couple again, this is at this point, you're getting these guys for free pretty much. So if they don't work out, just cut bait with them. No love loss, right? Absolutely. That's right. One night stand kind of people. Can't be afraid to dump them. Oh yeah we're we're just we use them in a and then just uh, I was gonna say something bad <laughs> we we use them and then just leave them by the door uh, <laughs> we give them Peter gift bags <laughs> we uh we call we we call their uber home, yeah, <laughs> that, that's good. I, I like that that's a nice one um all right, we're gonna head to our question of the week. hit it, Chris Brown. All right, this week's question, uh, Major League Baseball has a lot of bad contracts, a lot of bad contracts. Our job was to pick three that stood out to us, one each. Uh, so, Art, I'm going to have you start. What is your pick for the worst contract in MLB history? Oh, it's, it's so hard
0: uh, to to come up with that. An answer to that question. There's been a lot of really bad contracts. Um, I think the worst one is uh, uh, Jacoby Ellsbury. No! If I have to
2: pick one.
1: I picked him because I didn't think anybody else was going to pick him.
0: I was
2: thinking about it, but
0: I did Oh my pick. God.
1: Okay. Keep talking. Uh,
0: I think he played like one full season. And he's still on the. I think they just had to like cut him and pay him out the rest this this because he hasn't been able to get on the field at all. Uh, and it was a big contract. They ended up having to be like frugal because they were getting nothing out of out of these big contracts. Uh, I'll go with Ellsbury. Wow. Okay.
2: Go ahead, Eric. All right. Well, I thought of Jacoby Ellsbury, but. The reason I didn't pick that is because there was at least potential when he signed. You know, he's gotten some bad luck of injuries. I Well, first of all, it's easy for me to just say Giancarlo Stan because he's made of glass. But I'll get a little more creative. To me, Chris Sale's contract extension is the worst ever because of all the signs. Um, I'm good pals with Buster and We wrote an article right after it happened uh about how it was such a bad move if you're good pals um,
1: what's his middle name uh francis <laughs> is it really
2: i don't know i, don't know. <laughs> I, was, like, I was gonna say
1: you, you shut me up. Buster, buster francis, francis all me sounds right
2: but <laughs> it does they they gave him this extension after the world series like i get if you're trying to go all in but he had already thrown 1500 innings he was 30 as a result of that, Dave Dombrowski, I think that was the needle that broke the haystack that got him fired, made them have to trade Mookie. And just the, the signs, his fastball de- uh, velocity had decreased from 96 to 94. Um, 2018, he had shoulder inflammation. Uh, most pitcher deals, I think we agree, don't work out. Scherzer is probably the one exception. It's Stanbury, um, by the way. What
1: would you say? It's Stanbury. Stanbury. Yeah. Uh, Is the first
0: name really Buster?
1: It's Robert Stanbury Olney.
0: Yeah. Uh, Bob Olney. Buster sounds better. I
2: like it. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Go ahead, Eric. Sorry to interrupt. You. Um, I just, I think all signs were pointing to, um, him just declining. Besides the Scherzer contract, I can't think of many pitcher ones that work out, um, especially when they're at 30. I. To me, I just think it was stupid.
1: So with this question, obviously, I I picked Jacoby Ellsbury because there's the Albert Pujols of the world. There's the Chris Davises of the world. I I thought that's where you guys were going to go. So I wanted to pick one I knew you guys weren't going to go. Obviously, I was wrong. Uh, You guys, we think too much alike. Um, So the one I'm going to bring up, that's not, again, we could talk about Albert Pujols and Chris Davis. Both of them signed huge deals that are underperforming right now. Um, the, one, the other one that I was thinking of was Jason Hayward. He signed an eight-year, $184 million contract. I don't want to say I'm a GM because um, there's plenty of things I get wrong. But I don't remember if I was talking to you, Eric, or if I was just talking to somebody else. I remember when they signed him to that contract. I remember saying he's an average MLB hitter that plays great defense, why would they give him that much money? Um, And and it's shocking to me. I I mean, again, this guy is a guy that was hit. You know, he's, again, average. He's the definition of average at the plate. You're a little below average with great defense. You're going to pay that type of money for this. Eight years, $184 million. Uh, He's averaged just 252 with 12 homers and 57 RBIs over the first four years of his contract. With a uh, 7.11 OPS, um, he still has the latter half of his four years to go, and his numbers are probably only going to go down at this point as he keeps aging. Um, Art, as a Cubs fan, am I? Am I? Do you feel this similarly as I do about this?
0: Um, it's a painful contract because we cry poor as cu- the Cubs management cries poor. We haven't signed anybody this off season. As I say, we don't have money and it's contracts like that one, and probably you Darvish, which which were the big ones, because we got to we're we're trying to sign Chris Bryant as well, you know, and all that stuff. Hayward will always have a good place in my heart. I mean, he he, a game seven against the the Indians, we had there was a short rain delay. Hayward was the leader who called everyone into the locker room and said, you know, we're going to do this. Settle everyone down to go on to win the game uh, that always uh, has like a big place in my heart, but it's killing us. And, you know, you just, you just hope that he might have like a two seventy five season next year. You know, you're just hoping his batting average spikes up to like two eighty again. And it, that's really just a sad thing when you're paying over 20 million a
1: year. Uh, it's really handcuffed us. He's almost like a defensive specialist that, it's a little bit better than a defensive specialist, but that's almost what he is. I mean, Combine
2: him and Jose Martinez. Give Jason Hayward's defense to Jose Martinez, and that's
1: hell of a player. It's a good player. It's a good player. Um, well, those are some good ones. Uh, again, I, I encourage you guys. Actually, it was kind of fun. I don't know how you guys felt. Looking up some of the worst deals in history, um, You know, I, someone like a Jordan Zimmerman, Um, has a cumulative 691 era in his time with the tigers um i mean there's there's so many bad deals that's an underrated one because he got paid that dude got paid yeah he got a a five-year 110 million dollar deal and they said even though he was declining velocity and strikeouts at the time he signed too um again these are times where it's like hey we're not GMs, nowhere near as smart as a GM, but if we saw his velocity and strikeouts were going down, why would you give him that big of a contract at that point? Right, right. Um, again, it's interesting just to see the guys on this list, just for, big, for baseball fans out there, especially it's not like there's much else to do at this point. Um, all right, last segment of our show, time for the game of the week. Alright, so for our game this week, do Art and Eric think they're fantasy experts?
2: Do they? I'd like to think I'm above average in
1: fantasy. Well, we are going to put their knowledge to the test. How do you ask? We've got one simple question for them today. You guys ready for this? Yeah. yeah. You guys got a pen and paper yeah or or something you can write on anything yeah okay so last year here's the question for you okay last year there were eight pitchers in espn standard scoring who topped the 40 point mark in a start two of these players did it twice can you name me All eight of the pitchers, that tops the 40-point threshold, and I'll give you a bonus point if you can name me the two that did it twice. All right, so this isn't a super in-depth question. This is if you think you're a knowledgeable fantasy pro here, you know your fantasy pitching. How long do we have? Well, glad you asked, Eric. (laughs) You have a 60-second clock going starting right now. While our clock goes, I'm going to remind you guys to please make sure that you are following us on Twitter at TripplayFantasy, that is T-R-I-P-P-L-A-Y-F-A-N-T-A-S-Y. It would do us a big solid if you were to follow us. Eric's been really good on Twitter, He's doing out polls, questions, responses. If you have things you would like to hear on the show, please send them in and we will make sure to include them. If you're enjoying the content you are hearing, please listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts, we are there. Leave us a review, leave us five stars. We greatly appreciate it. Much, much appreciated. And uh, it means the world to us. So thank you. And that's your minute. Are you guys ready? Sure. I am. All right. Number one was Shane Bieber. Got that? Art, did you get Shane Bieber? No. Eric's up one-0. Number two. Lucas Giolito. Did not have that. Nope. Eric, do you not remember his game against the Astros? I mean, you'll hear when I tell you my list, you'll see how I could let him off. All right, so Art has zero, Eric has one. Number three, Chris Sale. Got it. All right, Eric's up two to one. Number four, Garrett Cole. Got it. Got it. Three to two, Eric. Number five, Justin Verlander. Got it. Got it. Four to three, Eric. Number six, Walker Bueller. Got Got it. it. Did you, or did you say you got it? Yeah, I did. All right, five to four, Eric. Before I keep going with the last two, these last two were the ones who did it twice. Did either of you put Mike Fires? Yes. Because yes. he threw a no hitter. So yes. when I heard this, when I like read this question, heard this question, I had put originally Mike Fires on my list as well. He is not one of the answers. Oh. oh. Well, I, I have, remembered the no-hitter as well, and it, apparently he didn't get a lot of strikeouts in that Yeah, I, I
2: think he had 38, but I knew he flirted with it, so I couldn't think of anyone else.
1: I, did I you, have three other guys. <laughs> did you put Max Scherzer on your list? I did. Max I did. Scherzer I had on my original list as well. He also did not reach that last year. Okay. Had a lot of high 30s games, but never got to the 40-point threshold. The, uh, so those were the guys i had originally um so those were the two i got wrong when i first tried this question the two that i did not think of Are you guys ready yeah. Ar, you, yes. said, you said there's wait one wait should I, did should you guys tell you or are you gonna tell us why don't you guys tell me the ones you have so Ar, tell me the ones you have that i did not mention uh jack flaherty and steven strasberg eric jack flaherty and jose barrios that's the rest of your guys list yeah, yeah. So, Jack Flaherty's wrong. Okay. Jose Barrios is wrong. Steven Strasburg is correct, and you get an extra point because he threw it. He did it twice. So, that leaves you guys tied. So, no, no, wait. No, no, no. Art, you took the lead because Strasburg yeah. gave you the – yeah, so you have the lead. Oh, oh, man. Art robbed me at the end. He, t- he got, But you guys are both missing the last one. He did it twice. He's in the National League. Uh, I want to say it's like a Marlins pitcher like Alcantara or something. He pitches in the National League West.
2: Uh, Clayton Kershaw? Kershaw?
1: No. John Gray? No. Madison Bumgarner? Who's the guy who screwed over a lot of fantasy players last year? Pablo Lopez? Oh no, it's like he's not in the NL West. Call yourself experts. Come on. Um, yeah, I can't it when the spotlight's on me. National said- League West. There's five teams. Yeah, I don't
0: know. I'm thinking well, Chris Paddock.
1: Robbie That's oh, no, a good guess, though. Robbie Ray. He pitches. Zach Greinke. For- no, he pitches for the Colorado Rockies.
0: Germán Marquez?
1: Yes. What? Uh, Hermann Marquez did it twice. He did have like a 45-point game. Oh, man. And he screwed a lot of people over because he had a lot of horrible games last year. Yeah. That's the one that I think a lot of people would miss. Yeah. He would not
0: have come to mind.
1: But, I remember because Joe had him, and
2: he, he would either help him out or he'd really uh, screw him over. Yeah.
1: But with Art, with the last guess of Steven Strasburg and did it twice— Art sneaks away with another victory over Eric. Can't say I'm surprised. And, hey, you know what? I've won a few games, though. Yeah, you have. You have. Yeah. We'll have to keep tallies at some point. You, you know what? <laughs> this is
2: respectable, though, because Art and I keep it close. It's never a blowout. <laughs> True. True
0: story. True story. It's not like when
2: Alex Spaz was on, he destroyed all of us. That game, yeah. that game
0: is lost. That game was never sent out. There are two games that are not even part of the official. They're not canon. As They're, they would say, because the they listeners don't hear them because we all
1: know we all know how badly we got beaten down too bad up because of the recording, so yeah. well we luckily we did upgrade our recording, we are recording through Skype, so that will hopefully never happen again. <laughs> no, um, won't happen again, but uh guys, we again, we appreciate everybody listening um we have fun doing this, we hope you're having fun listening um. If there's anything you guys would like to hear, topics you want us to cover in future podcasts, we're going to, again, start some new series coming up. We also have, hopefully, some great, great guests lined up, some former ballplayers and uh, some current ballplayers, hopefully, that are going to come on here, some fantasy experts, some analysts. Uh, I've been communicating with some people, so hopefully we'll have some more guests for you guys coming really soon. Um, Either of you guys want to say anything before we get out of here? Uh, weekly shout out Jeff McNeil. I know I have been slacking, tweeting
2: on you. Don't worry. I'm going to get back on it soon. You're probably listening and you're like, I just want him to keep trying. Cause I play hard to get. Well, you win Jeff. That's what we're doing.
0: <laughs>
1: I got, I got nothing after that. I got nothing. He's right. <laughs> Jeff, we love you on this podcast. Hopefully you can come on one day soon. We would We would just die if you came on.
2: (laughs) I can already tell you that's
1: number one of things
2: that would happen during the quarantine. Nothing else could top that. Wow.
1: True that. True that. Well, until next time, make sure to smile. Make sure to be happy. Make sure to stay safe. Make sure to (laughs) make sure. (laughs) David, I didn't realize (laughs) you
2: were my boss.
1: I'm looking at your your face. It's just making me laugh. Smile. Be safe. Stay sexy. We'll catch you next week. Toodaloo. Keep it sexy.